WBNE. Hello and welcome to episode 175, all about the Silmarillion, Akalabeth, being the 175th part of That's What I'm Talking About. My name is Mary Clay. If that's too complicated for you, just call me MC. I've been experiencing the world of J.R.R. Tolkien for the first time. And this week, we are back with the Silmarillion, and I'm only regretting it a little bit. Today, I am joined by Morgan, aka Silmaspins. She's a wonderful artist on Instagram who mm-hmm. I like all of her stuff. It's so creative. And I'm going to stop rambling and let her say hello. Hi there. Hi, it's great to be on. Thanks for reaching out. Um, I totally love your Tolkien memes. And I love that you are going in and just experiencing all this for the first time. I think that's awesome. You don't get a lot of newbies like that. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Um, not a lot of newbies want to read the Silmarillion, and I think there's a reason for that. <laughs> I know it is tough, but it's so great when you actually like tackle it. I love it so much more than Lord of the Rings now. It's it's my favorite, but yeah, I was definitely daunted the first couple attempts to get it. So it takes a minute, but once you get it, it's totally worth it. So. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Silmarillion. Happy yes. to be here with you. Yes, we took a, it ended up being a two month break from the Silmarillion because of Rings of Power. Real quick, do you have any, I don't know, thoughts about Rings, like a, a positive or negative or anything, feelings about about Rings of Power? I have if you watched, I don't know. I just kind of I assumed did. that everyone was watching, so. I did watch it, yeah. I have, like, I liked how they did Numenor. Um, I don't really like how they did Aregion. Just kind of, like, mm. mixed up. Like, I don't want to be a fan that just completely, like, hated it or just completely went overboard and liked it. Um, certain concepts I thought were cool. I, 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 I'm one of those people. I'm like, why did they give the boy else short hair? Um but I mean, like, other than that, I, I could like, I could go off on it. So I'll just leave it at that. It was a it was a mixed experience for me. Yeah, I think that's generally that's like, that's mm-hmm. how I felt. I think that's how a lot of people felt, which is kind of it, it's nice that like, we got we got to a point with Rings of Power mm-hmm. and the fandom where I mm-hmm. like, for several months, even before it started, it felt like I had to be positive. So mm-hmm. that I could combat like all of the hate that it was getting. So I felt like I had to be po- but I feel like we're we're yes. at a point now where like we all have like these really valid like criticisms and stuff that mm-hmm. um lead to more like interesting and open discussions rather than just being like the writing is trash. It sucks, you know. Oh my like- gosh, yeah, totally. I know that was definitely a thing. I didn't want to be like too vocal about not really like loving it just because it's like okay, if you're going to hate the show because it's like, ooh, a female elf is like in a leading role. It's like there's so many other valid reasons to not like the show. Like, why isn't Celebrimbor friends with the dwarves? Why is it Elrod? I don't know. Just like kind of like nitpicky, like valid stuff. But yeah, it's like, okay, these people are like mouth breathing dorks. We're not gonna, we're not gonna associate with that. So I just try to keep it on yes. the down low. <laughs> yes. Why don't you tell me and the listeners a little bit about your, your background with Tolkien mm-hmm. and like how you got introduced to it, the things that you've watched or, or read, mm-hmm. et cetera, all of that. Fun stuff. Um, so my first ever like experience with Tolkien, I remember this, I was like six years old and my dad had rented the two towers from Blockbuster and he like, was like, Morgan, come check this out. So I like went in and I was watching it because it was a little too graphic for little old me, but he showed me where the ends were walking for the first time. And he's like, check out the trees, the trees are walking. And I was like, that is the coolest thing I've ever seen that just completely blew my mind. And so then a couple of years later, when I'm, I think it was my, like my 10th Christmas, he got my little brother and I, the trilogy um, for Peter Jackson, the, the OGs. So we watched that and I just got like completely hooked. And so it was pretty much just like one of my standard like movies and then like, you know, games for like the next like couple years of my childhood was just like, Oh, you know, Lord of the Rings, I could always play Lord of the Rings. And I just loved it. Then in high school, I attempted like the uh, Hobbit movies came out and so that kind of like reignited my interest and my love of Tolkien even though the Hobbit movies weren't that awesome Mm -hmm. Um, I'm like that's cool then after that I'm like you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna attempt the Silmarillion and then it took me I think I didn't even like quite get the Silmarillion until college I like started it in high school 
but you only like most people only get as far as like the creation story like that I knew Lindy and they're like oh my gosh it's my favorite part and that's like low-key than like a gauge of mine to see if someone's like completed the Silmarillion it's like okay if your favorite story is the creation story I don't think you got past the creation story oh interesting so there is like so much more and like I've only been proven wrong like once but like usually it's just like yeah you know I, I just love you know like the like the Varda lady she's really cool and it's like okay okay um but yeah so then it's been just like a big muse for me for a long time one of my co-workers for the longest time is a big Tolkien fan too so he started a podcast and I helped him out with that just with like coming up with art and stuff and oh what's just, what's that podcast I need to write it uh, down on my list <laughs> the Talking Tolkien Book Club oh okay not, cool yeah not to come on here and like plug a rival podcast they, no they please so, I, yeah, oh like my I learned long ago that like the way to the way to do this is not to be like this is the best and only <laughs> Tolkien podcast out there is to be like exist every everyone has different viewpoints and different vibes mm-hmm. and like my vibes are very like chaotic compared to a lot of <laughs> most of the other um podcast uh, podcasts out there so like I learned that like the best way to do this is you need to and this is also just general advice for any other creators out there um mm-hmm. befriend all these people and you know collaborate with them and it makes things just so much more enjoyable to like interact in these spaces together you know rather than against each other oh for sure i've really loved the tolkien community i used to be and i still kind of am a little bit on like the shire side just because i don't love getting into like drama and discourse but i have made quite a few i would say friends just via like the community like oh my gosh like fincon's your favorite like that's great i love Mithros or whatever (laughs) like just like you know like elementary school stuff like oh my gosh that's my favorite character like that's my favorite character too let's be best friends about yes it. so <laughs> it's great it's a great community for sure uh i was saying like when i i when i was first starting the silmarillion eventually <laughs> no i think it was it was a couple stories into the silmarillion but i used your i do with i I'm terrible at doing it now, but mm-hmm. originally on the Instagram account for the podcast, I started doing Fan Art Friday and started sharing like because mm-hmm. there's so many wonderful artists and so many like really cool interpretations of characters and scenes and even like things that like were not adapted into the movies. And so you don't get to have that That's visual sure. representation. So I love seeing fan art and mm-hmm. your fan art of, I think, I don't even remember the names of the characters anymore. God, it was <laughs> Madros and one of the Finns. <laughs> I can't remember which one. Finn gone. Good job. Finn gone. I, uh-huh. I, I mean, like, here we are almost at, like, basically the end of the Silmarillion, and I still will not ever get Finrod and Fin gone straight. Hey, you got it. Once you get it, it'll just be, like, euphoric for you. Oh but my that's gosh. To- you're totally valid right now, though, sis. Oh, my Don't gosh. But anyway, it. yeah, <laughs> you drew out the scene of um, Fin gone, like, getting ready to kill Maedhros when he's been captured, and then, like, mm-hmm. the eagle swooping in and stuff. And this was, like, my first introduction, actually, to the Silmarillion, because someone had like retweeted it and I saw it like before I'd even started it and I saw it and I was like whoa what is this about that looks crazy so um it's been really helpful and fun for me to have like yeah. your art to go to as I've been reading the Silmarillion mm-hmm. and see it's like it's like a picture book version <laughs> of the Silmarillion for me and like it's nice to have these illustrations so um listeners if you are a very like visual person and you need to like imagine these characters or mm-hmm. something definitely go check out all of Morgan's art cannot recommend it enough what was it about the Silmarillion that you were like I need to like draw out all because like there's so much that you could um illustrate of Tolkien's works what was it about the Silmarillion versus like mm-hmm you know, focusing exclusively on like Lord of the Rings or The Hobbit or something that made you be like, no, I'm I'm going to draw these really obscure characters <laughs> that all start with the letter F. I know, right. 
Um, well, first off, thank you. That just like is so crazy that like I helped you just kind of like get into this. So that that's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Didn't wasn't anticipating that when I'm like, you know, no, I don't have never seen a comic of this. I'm gonna go for it. But like with the Silmarillion, I think what it is is it is just so like big in scale, and there are just like so many characters, and there's so many little stories. There's just something in there. Like if you want like an epic romance, you can do with Baron and Luthien. If you want just like straight up tragedy, you can go with most of it like, like, like you can go with the rest of it most yeah. of it um and it just kind of leaves so much creative wiggle room because Tolkien is so broad but specific at the same time I don't know it's kind of like it is kind of like a very biblical way how he writes the Silmarillion where it's like 30 pages pass in a paragraph and like a character gets like like two maybe a line of just like oh he had bronze hair and was stern and fair or whatever just like and that's like the description of the character so it leaves a lot of like jumping off points creatively which I really like where it's not so specific that you're just constrained where it's like okay like Gandalf's gotta look like this and he's gotta have the hat and the big black boots and like a long white beard where it's like okay I'm gonna make an old wizard but I can make that old wizard look pretty much however I want as long as they're wearing blue you know so there's like there's more prompts than there is just like I guess I don't know like just absolutely rigid it has to look like this so probably not the best description but that's kind of what I really like about it it's it's just nice for me just to be like okay you know what here's a character that's never gotten love before and they kind of seem really cool so let's let's draw not that he has it but it's like let's draw like Madlon or Maglon or something I don't know um so yeah I definitely like that and this some really for sure and there's just like so much to work with which is really nice so you can really explore like different character like concepts just for like their looks it's like what did the Noldor look like what did the Noldor and Beleriand look like and that's just like one group of people and then like what do the, these branches of elves look like or these dwarves or the city or this branch of men so it just leaves like a lot of creative prompting i think that's just the biggest thing and like story-wise i really like the the tragedy of it all so i just yeah i just kind of grabbed me and i haven't really looked back since very cool yeah there's definitely um a lot a lot of material to to work with so (laughs) it is kind of like its own little euphoria when you actually do get everybody straight you're just like oh okay all right that's galadriel's second oldest brother and that's her third cousin and this is so and so you know it's it's kind of fun but if that's if you really want to geek out, I feel like I I know like I have like the mm-hmm. gist of the characters down, yeah. but like mm-hmm. I can't re- always remember specifically like with like like I was saying like I don't remember exactly which one went to go rescue Maedhros, but like I know that one of them did, you know, and I know mm-hmm. that you know like so I know these events that happened, but I I do always I, I do have trouble remembering throughout um, mm-hmm. being like like when you get like towards the end and it mentions like this character and then it's like, okay, but what did he do? <laughs> like what all has he yeah. done? And you have to like go back in your brain and remember all of this. So yeah, that's totally fair. Let's dive in now. So this is a Kalabeth. There is a Kalabeth and then another section after this called ironically of the third age and the rings of power i understand that i'm reading this after the first season of rings of power it's fine you know and also i i enjoyed being able to watch the show and be like Mm -hmm. and have that kind of be my first introduction to numenor Mm -hmm. i enjoyed that a lot because i was like "Ooh, what is this place like what's going on here here are these characters it definitely made for more um i don't know i think like a more authentic viewing of, of of the first season to be like mm-hmm. I don't know who Farazhan is I don't know who Mir like I thought Muriel was a original character to Rings of Power mm-hmm. I think I have a feeling like a lot of what they did with her character was original um mm-hmm. and they've like diverged considering the very like brief glimpses we've gotten of her in this first mm-hmm. half of a Calabeth that like you know they take those liberties with those characters but um mm-hmm. yeah I like enjoyed not knowing everything there was to know about Numenor and everything before watching mm-hmm. the show so um I guess mm-hmm. there's no turning back now and <laughs> in <laughs> in two years when the next season comes out I'll know more oh my gosh, so. right? <laughs> just like no way I know I do like to it's like the nice thing is, is and I'm sure you've seen it, it's just, again, like in the book, how broad everything is. So 
a TV show can have creative liberties where it's like they're still working within canon. And it's like, you know what, let's like give this character a personality. Like maybe let's like make her a little bit more like assertive and dominant or a little bit like more on like the like steady side. Like, I don't know, because Tolkien doesn't write it. He doesn't specify it. So I actually did enjoy their characterization of Muriel quite a bit on the show. I like how they did her quite a bit. And um, just, yeah, the like the overall look of Numenor. I'm like, okay, I can get behind like this, like kind of like Etruscan, like Atlantean vibe. And it looks cool. So yeah, yeah I, I think that's cool. a great introduction for you. Um, I I kept saying throughout the first season, whenever it was playing, um, the Numenor theme, the score, I mm-hmm. that was like one of my aside from like probably some of the the Harfoot songs and themes, mm-hmm. um, the Numenor theme was like one of my favorites where it felt like this is like I am identifying this with the, this group of people and this like geographic area and like mm-hmm. I get a feel for I feel like a form of connection with it so um, <laughs> like I need hype, to hype music. Yes, yes, yes. Oh my god. Um, I need to message or somehow hit up the composer Bear McCreary um mm-hmm. and be like, Hey, um, you wanna come on my podcast and just like tell me like everything you know about the score of, of Rings of Power? Thought. Yeah, like I just like I'll just like sit and listen to you talk. Like, can you just do that? So we are, uh, I am splitting up um, these last two sections of the Silmarillion into two parts each, um, Mm -hmm. just to make sure that we don't bite off more than we can chew. So this week, we are reading the first half of the Akalabeth. If you are reading along, it's about 10 pages. You'll, you know, hear when we stop. And then, yeah, next week, we'll we'll finish up the Akalabeth. So this, so it's called Akalabeth, the downfall of Numenor. So before we even know what Numenor is, they're already telling us that it's going to fail and it's going to fall. Womp womp. <laughs> yeah. We get a little bit of a recap of like, it's it's kind of, it, it literally feels like you're watching a TV show and it has the recap, the like one to two minute recap at the beginning. Previously on. Yes. So previously on the Silmarillion, there's this big war with Morgoth. Of course, we all remember that. Um, mm-hmm. And the, the men that were fighting with the elves against Morgoth, um, they're... And remember, the men are the second children of Iluvatar. They are they're they're the second child. They are not the favorite. Um, <laughs> actually, I guess if we were like going in order, it would be like the elves. The men are the middle child, and then like the younger, forgotten quote unquote child are the dwarves that Iluvatar did not intend to exist. <laughs> um, womp womp. <laughs> We still were somehow born first. Yes. I talk about that all the time. I'm like the firstborns, mm-hmm. but they are not. Yeah. The elves were supposed to be the first firstborn, but they did not come around for years later. It's like, we're going to put you on ice for a minute and then you guys can pop into the world. Yes. Yeah. I'm just going to like cryogenically freeze you. Don't worry about it. I'm God. <laughs> Don't question it. Yeah. So when the men came, they were obviously like throughout Middle Earth, and some of them had heard rumors of this light, this good force in the West. And so they start traveling over, and that's how some of them come into Beleriand, and they befriend the elves, and they help the elves. And these are the, um, it was three families of men, and they are known as, known as the Edine. And in the war, they fought with the elves, they fought against Morgoth, um, and so they are rewarded essentially um, for their their valor, for their not their valor, their valor, <laughs> um, and they are given Numenor. Um, it's a, a land that uh, it, it's really funny because all the valor are like so. How should we deal with the men? Like, what do we do? Like, what should we do here? Because some of them were on Morgoth's side and were taken over by his darkness and deceit, you know. So, Mm -hmm. like, what should we do? And they're like, well, let's put all the good ones on this island and then forbid them to ever leave it, basically. 
Kinda. It's like they literally give them like a gold star, but it's it's a star island instead. They're like, good job, guys. Here you go. Yeah, good job. Here's a pretty island, and they there's like a whole description of like of um oh shoot who's the 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 ocean one uh Olmo Olmo that's it yeah Olmo OC OC helps out for okay okay yeah this is where it gets confusing because they're name dropping a bunch of the Maiar who are remember Mm. remember the the lesser Valar yeah this is where I feel insane <laughs> I know there are quite a bit. There are quite a few of them. I know I was reading it because I haven't read this in a minute either, but I wanted to catch up on it. And I was like, oh yeah, Osi's the one that did that. Like that wasn't Olmo. Yeah, I'm like that's so funny because it's like he's I don't know. It's just one of those things where it's like, yeah, I'm gonna make this whole character. He's gonna be known for being like, oh, he's gonna make storms and stuff. But randomly, he's gonna like make Numenor. Yeah, like, like yeah, sometimes cool. he's in a good mood. And yeah, Hill, that, that, and he's not, you know, trait. he's not cranky. He's had his nap. Um, it's kind of like when you were a kid and you wanted something, so you had to pe- catch your parents in a good mood before you asked them for it, you know? They're like, hey, bud, how, how are you feeling today? Would you want to help us with an island? Totally yeah. cool if you don't. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Ose is involved. Aule helps to, you know, forge and create some of the, I guess, the, the, topography of it or whatever um mm-hmm. yavana uh like fertilizes the land and you know puts trees and and you know plants and everything on it um so they're all working together to create this really beautiful land for their favorite men to to stay on for the edine mm-hmm. um and it's like in between Middle Earth and Valinor, but it's I think it says that it's like a little bit closer to Valinor than it is to mm-hmm. Middle Earth. But the the trick is is that they tell them they are not supposed mm-hmm. to come and be with them in Valinor, and they are not supposed to sail so far westward that they can no longer see Numenor. So there's like kind mm-hmm. of this boundary that they're drawing, and they're like, we're going to give you this place, but yeah, you just like stay over there. <laughs> stay there. <laughs> Don't come see us ever. We'll come to you, maybe, yeah. if you're yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. Don't call me. I'll, like, we'll call you. <laughs> Don't worry. Just hate house guests. It's fine. <laughs> Meanwhile, um, they are aware that even though they've defeated Morgoth, they've thrown him into like the void, essentially. <laughs> um. And, like, he's gone, but the damage is still done. There's still a lot of evil and darkness growing. I love (laughs) how um, I've talked about it before, but Tolkien writes evil and darkness in really beautiful ways (laughs) where Mm -hmm. and like really descriptive and that's why like I love the descriptions of Ungoliant and Shelob (laughs) because (laughs) it's so it's so descriptive and it's so Mm -hmm. um just like flush with imagery but he said yes he says yet the seeds that had been plant he had planted still grew and sprouting bearing evil fruit if any would tend them and of course also we know that Tolkien loves a nature metaphor for yeah, anything. Just, he's got to slide it in there. He's, like, he's a he's nature like, boy. Just, he's like, how do I describe horrific evil in the world? A tree. That's a tree. Like, <laughs> that's going to get it across. How, I do I, how do I describe good in the world? Also a tree. <laughs> it's a mixed bag. Trees are all encompassing. Yes. <laughs> and I do love that. It's like, and it, it gives the like, it's not just Morgoth. It's not like you can just blame every evil act just straight up on Morgoth. It's like adding that last bit, if any would tend to them. It's like there's other people willingly choosing to like keep that going, keep that evil in the world, keep like tending to it. And I love that. It's not like, oh, darn Morgoth, he's still corrupting the youth. It's like kind of, but he's not doing all the heavy lifting. It's like evil's still in the world, but it's... It's not not just because he's not, you know, just because he's in it. He's not in it and it's still there, you know? It's like, yeah. okay, all of our all of our problems were solved because we got rid of Morgoth. It's like, nope. No, we still are... have to deal with the people left behind. Yeah, yeah, do love that. It's not like, oh yeah, the day is saved, we're good. Woohoo. So a lot of what we're gonna talk about with Numenor, if you have watched Rings of Power, is going to sound very familiar because they I think they did a good job of like incorporating this and like showing um like we see where 
you know, obviously where we are in the show, we're like with the last generation of Numenorians before it's destroyed, I'm assuming. Um, Mm -hmm. So we're kind of like at the end. So we've seen like, okay, this is where they end up. Um, So what's described in the Akalabeth is, you know, showing us the foundation of Numenor and kind of like how we got there. And also we know from the Lord of the Rings because Aragorn is one of the Dunedain. They they say a lot. That's like, you know, he has like a million different names and that's like one of them is like, you know, King of the <laughs> Dunedain or whatever. I don't know. Um, what is that? <laughs> and that is a different, it's just a different, oh, it's the Grey Elven name for Numenorians who are the kings among men. So again, these are like top-notch best men ever it's if we're um i use harry potter to to make a lot of equivalencies and comparisons and stuff um it's kind of like the pure blood wizards um where like the the numenorians are the pure blood wizard equivalent of men and they're like the best of the best (laughs) at least like that's what the Valar say and the Valar are very like biased people not people beings they're very like biased beings so (laughs) it's a little bit they're like we don't show favoritism at all here's an island for our favorite people (laughs) oh my gosh and you guys are like the coolest ever and you're all so tall we love that about you yeah as it mentions yeah that they're like the tallest among men and I'm like oh yeah that's right reminder that Aragorn is uh canonically like I don't know like seven foot tall or something he's super tall got those long legs for striding Mm -hmm. with yes striding (laughs) yes Yeah, so like it starts out going great. We also do get a little reminder about Elrond and Elros. And again, like something that like they kind of like briefly touched on in the show too, which I was kind of like surprised that we got like a little bit into into that background. We got a tapestry. Yes, that little tapestry. El, uh, it, it's in the finale. So huge spoiler if no one, if you have not watched Rings of Power and you haven't watched the finale, um, but it's right after Halbrand reveals himself to Galadriel and she like falls in the river and Elrond like picks her up and she thinks that he that Elrond might be like Sauron in disguise again or something or manipulating him. And so she's like, mm-hmm. when was the first time we met or whatever? And Elrond is like, you gave me water, like, right after I had been orphaned, basically. <laughs> and, like, uh, the like, backstory <sighs> of that is just so sad and depressing. <laughs> I know, of, but like, I'm like, oh, just erasing and Mathros and Maglor, which I'm sure they didn't have the rights to that, which I get it. But I'm I was like, wondering, oh. I was like, oh, does he mean, like, oh, you gave me, like, you met me right after, was it, because, like, Maglor and Mathros, like, kind of, you mm-hmm. know, I guess, abandon. Do they? I don't. I can't remember if it talks about like what happened to Elrond and Elros in the time between, like, you know, after after the war. Like, did Majors and Maglor were they like, okay, go along with your other friends your age? Like, what do they do? I can't remember. Sort of. So long story is they take them, they have them for a couple years, and the friendship kinship grows between Maglor and Elrond and Elros, where it's and. I think it might be inflated a little bit in like the fan community, but it's we it's called like the kidnap fam. So it's like oh yeah. it's like a little they're like a little happy fam. It's so cute. I subscribe to it. I like it. Um and then when Mathros and Maglor, like after the end of the war of wrath, when they get the Silmarils back, they're like, Oh man, like gotta gotta get those Silmarils, but we can't bring the kids into it. So then they send them to be with Gilgalad. So after they're okay. with Mathros and Maglor, they go to Gilgalad. Okay. Which is one of those one of those like nitpicky things, but it's like okay, they probably didn't have the rights for it, so it's okay. Makes a sting well, a little less. Yeah. So I, <laughs> but I was wondering when when he said that in the show, I was like, oh my gosh, was that like after he had been abandoned by he had been abandoned like for the mm-hmm. second time in his life? I'm like, that's so sad. <laughs> Elrond's been through it. I know that was like kind of like again with the show when Galadriel's trying to like one-up Elrond with like suffering like oh I've seen so much more than you Elrond it's like no he's been through a lot he's been through a lot Galadriel I learned this glorious joke that I had I like had no idea was a thing um Mm -hmm. uh of everyone just saying mom's a bird dad's a star oh yeah and I like I had no idea like that was a thing and it made me laugh Mm -hmm. so 
<laughs> so much. Just mom's great. bird, dad's a star. And mm-hmm. and like there were little touches of that during season one. Oh, well, Ron. He's definitely had his fair share of trauma. And one of them being that his twi- to like pull us back into the Silver yeah. Alien. One of them being that his twin brother, they were given the choice of um because they're you know, they're half elven, their mom mom's a bird, that's a story, because their mom was, you know, human no. Yeah, their mom was human. No. They're yes. Half elf. Yes, they are half half elven. Mm-hmm. Their dad is like pure half elven because his dad, his mom was an elf and his dad mm-hmm. was definitely a human. That's Aaron deal. Mm-hmm. I had to go through the yeah. whole family tree in my head. Just um, go for it. Oh my gosh. Anyway, they were given the choice of you can be, you know, with the mortal men or you can be with the firstborn. And Elrond decided that he was going to be with the firstborn. He was going to be like a traditional elf. And Elros decided that he would, you know, be with the the mortal men and that he um, is so graciously given the gift of death that is said multiple times in this chapter of like, remember, Iluvatar made death. It feels like almost like they're gaslighting them and being like, oh, yeah, this really like terrible thing that happens to your people that we have no experience with because like we don't have to die unless we're in battle or whatever. Um, Like (laughs) we don't have to experience death if we don't want to. Um, Mm -hmm. But you guys do. And remember, it's a gift. It's a gift. Like this is a Mm -hmm. blessing. And I'm like, that sounds like it it feels very toxic to me. Oh, that's funny. So that's where, um, that's definitely where Tolkien's Catholicism is coming through, where it's just like, you mm-hmm. know, death, death actually is God's way of correcting the sin in the world and like removing you from it. And so you can be united with him. So it is a gift in that sense. So, but like, obviously, like, there's no kind of like, religious like groundwork in Tolkien's world so it is just kind of like a blind faith thing but that's that's definitely where like Tolkien's coming from at that for sure mm-hmm. which is like like actually no this it's not so bad you know death it's pretty like, great no, death like, is a beautiful it's the kind of thing where it's like romanticizing it's death yeah and it's, it's like part of life. no death is not like a romantic beautiful thing it's like it is a part of life but it's very tragic mm-hmm. and awful so Anyway, um, <laughs> so Elros, yeah, goes to be with um, the, you know, the Edine that go to Numenor and becomes part of the Numenorians. And he is, um, is he their, their first king or is he like just yes. there? I can't remember. He's okay, the first yeah. king and he lives extra long. It's like he lives like 500 years where it's like whoa dude like you you totally like you totally took this whole like extended life thing like and ran with it i think because it's like at some point there's like some like history of middle earth document or something and it's like oh you know like the royalty lived for like 350 years on average and like normal people lived for like 250 years on average and here's like elros it's just like 500 years like sounds pretty sweet (laughs) He's like, well, if I can't live eternally, I guess I'll live for 500 years. Actually, you know, you know half what? A, half a millennium sounds good. That mm-hmm. sounds pretty good to me because I I don't think I would want to live forever. I don't want to be immortal. But yeah. also, I don't want to – I don't want to have, like, my life be cut short. So I feel like 500 years, that's good. Like, yeah, you know. it's not short at all. <laughs> yeah, that, that sounds like, good. It's like he died, he was taken from us too soon at 199. Oh gosh. Um, do you watch Dairy Girls at all? Um, no of it. I have not watched it. Oh my gosh, you should. Obviously, Sister Declan's death was extremely shocking and unexpected. We're still struggling to understand exactly what happened. Yeah. Can I just ask, what age was Sister Declan? She'd have been 98 on Friday. Right. Might that shed some light on the situation? How so? Does anybody else have any thoughts on the whole her being almost 98 years of age thing? Stroke down her prime. But yeah, because the the Numenorians are, they're like, in this world, the 
more um the like closer you are to not geographically but like the closer I guess spiritually you are to the elves in terms of like friendship and like having like good relationships and stuff the longer your life is and it's something that like the way I'm thinking about it is that like these the the men are like the Numenorians are like the pure men and they were like the the blessed ones because they knew the elves. They fought on the good side. So that's why all of their lives are, um, their lifetimes have been extended. And then as Numenor progresses and continues and there, you know, is growing contention, the lifelines start getting shorter and they have like shorter and shorter lifespans. And I say, I say shorter. One of them is like 200 years. Yeah. It's still too soon. Pretty long. Yeah. What are we supposed to, I mean, like, honestly, who can accomplish anything in 200 years? Like I get it. It's just, it's too short. It's too short. He might as well have not been King at all. Like just give it to the next guy. What's the point? So Numenor, they, you know, learn a lot of different crafts and they learn um, most of all shipbuilding and sea craft and become mariners and go on lots of adventures. Um, but again, remember, they can't go to the west. Um, they can't go too far west to Valinor. Um, so they go to the east and they eventually do land like on Middle Earth and they like make journeys. Um, mm-hmm. It feels very much like this feels really similar to the lessons on Christopher Columbus and the like Englishmen who came to America, it, you know, who founded mm-hmm. the colonies. This feels very much like those lessons that I was taught in like third and fourth grade where they're like, oh, they landed and they met the Native Americans. And they were all friends. And they were friends and they brought farming and they and they taught the Native Americans how to pl- how to f- um, plant corn and how to build houses and and that's what happens with the Numenorians when they land and they meet the middle the men of Middle Earth. Um, it says right. that they helped them to shake off the yoke. Um, uh, men shook off the yoke of the offspring of Morgoth and unlearned their terror of the dark because of what the Numenorians brought over to Middle Earth and they like released them from this like <laughs> terrible past. Yeah, that's fair. I know it is kind of funny like because you I don't necessarily like I totally get it. I totally see the a little bit of like oh yeah colonialism's like kind of cool guys. But um I don't know. I think it's cuz maybe it's like the men of like Tolkien's world just all seem so like homogenous for the most part where it's just like oh this family this family this family and then these guys are kind of bad where it's like more like hey guys like let me let me let let me tell you about this dude Morgoth he's not great where it's more kind of like helping out of more like family like extended family than it's like a completely different Mm. group of people but I definitely do see like the colonization and the things too where it's just like hey you guys everything you're doing is not good we're gonna have you do stuff our way (laughs) yeah and everything's gonna be okay we're just like oh it's like that didn't really age that well that's tough yeah (laughs) like i do i do think like what they did was genuinely helpful and they did like genuinely you know it yeah in the beginning funny read it so this is, this is like what it says. Coming among them, the Numenorians taught them many things. Corn and wine they brought, and they instructed men in the sowing of seed and the grinding of grain, in the hewing of wood and the shaping of stone, and in the ordering of their life, such as it might be in the lands of swift death and little bliss. Dang. Swift death like, and little me- bliss. They're like, let me teach you agriculture. It might make this whole, you know, existence thing a little easier for you guys. Yeah. They so they, they, they're like lives are, are much improved because of what the Numenorians have done for them. Yeah, luckily, yeah, it is like at least in the beginning there, it is like a good faith thing. Where it's like, hey, we've got all these like cool tips and tricks. We can share that with you guys. So it's yeah. like, all right, that's nice. <laughs> Let's just yes. focus on that. <laughs> they do return back to Numenor because they're like, we're, we're going back to our place. It's a lot better. <laughs> like, it's, it's, like, it's like, yeah, we have running water there. Sorry, guys. Do you know that Um, it's a 
it's from an episode of SpongeBob, but it's like used a lot as a TikTok sound. And it's Patrick going, I wish I lived there. And SpongeBob goes, yep. really? And then there's a little pause. And then he goes, no. Yeah. So that's like the Numenors, the Numenorians in coming to Middle Earth and being like, I wish I lived there. No, no, no. <laughs> They're like, yeah, this looks pretty nice. And then it's like, oh, oh, you guys like, oh, you don't have corn yet? <laughs> you haven't figured you know out farming? Yeah. What? How, what do you do? Like, oh gosh, and I knew when sounds pretty great, honestly. Yeah, it's like I feel like they would like. I feel like they would have indoor plumbing. Just it do, Tolkien doesn't say it, but just in my heart, I'm like, yeah, they've got like they have toilets in, in Numenor. <laughs> it's like that sounds nice. I wouldn't want to leave that plumbing. either. Yeah. <laughs> they, they have like little like fridges with like, oh yeah, I'm gonna get the fridge water. Well, like I'm not drinking tap water. I'm a yes. Numenorian. <laughs> meanwhile uh, like you know Numenor has been doing great but they start to get a little a little jealous a little greedy it says that they began to hunger for the undying city that they saw afar and the desire for everlasting life to escape from death and the ending of delight grew strong upon them so they are looking more and more at the Valar and they're like that sounds pretty good to me um can you, like, you know, if you like us so much, can you, like, give us some of that? That sounds cool to, like, not have to, like, suffer, like, the greatest, like, tragedy that you can experience in life. Um, Rip. Like, can we have some of that? And these messengers go back over to Numenor. I mean, and also, it's not even like, hey, we want to live eternally. It's like, can we just, like, come and hang out? Can we come visit y'all? <laughs> like, it looks nice over there. Please. Yeah, like it looks a- like it's cool here too, but like it looks really great over there. Can we come? Can we like, come? We don't, hang, we don't want to hang out with our weird like dude Eastern friends, our Eastern uh, relatives. <laughs> so they send some messengers over to Numenor to talk to them and be like, and basically they're like they're they're there and they're like making Numenor. They're like, nah, what you guys have going on here is really great. Like, why would you give up all of this? And they're basically just like they're being asked all of these. Que- this is when I like really started to get annoyed and frustrated by the Valar um, mm-hmm. uh, and, and also like the elves, too, um, of just like kind of it, it feels like very it, it, very like arrogant and that like oh no no we know best like we we know better than you um Mm -hmm. you keep doing you and just trust us that like what we're telling you to do is the right decision that's fair i feel like it would kind of honestly be hard not it's like when you like talk to somebody that's just like you know like when you are done being a teenager and then you talk to like a 14 year old and the 14 year old is just like oh my gosh, I want to do this and this is going to be best for me and I'm going to do that and you can't tell me what to do. And you're just like, okay, actually, I do kind of know what's not like 100% what's best for you, but it's just like, yeah, don't do that. Like, trust me on this. Like, don't wear, like, don't do that at school. Like, it's it's not going to end well, you know? Um, So it's like being an elf and you're just like literally thousands of years old when you've got these uppity 500-year-olds being like, you can't tell me what to do. It's like, I can't, but I'm like, been around the block you know or it's, it's i get i get where that would be kind of hard not that's, to be yeah that's also true yeah <laughs> it's like okay actually like guys guys i get it you're like fully grown humans but i'm also like multiply like i'm like a million times older than you and it's like it's not gonna end well like don't do this <laughs> yeah like, no. um like, aren't teenagers <laughs> the king and the king asks he's like um i also don't think this is fair because erendil um my you know my forefather Mm -hmm. who you know i'm directly descended from he's over there chilling with y'all that doesn't seem fair to me and they're basically like well elros made his own decision to not be an elf and not have like eternity so um you're gonna have to take that up with him (laughs) sorry i know it's like one of those things it's like yeah you you can't it's like it's like it's like it sucks just that your ancestor made a decision you don't really agree with but it's like yeah what are you gonna do about it and it's like Arendel kind of like honestly I think he's got like the worst deal of all you know because it's like he really is just separated from everyone he's a star it's like and he's forced to be a star it's like he can't die so it's not like he can experience 
you know, Tolkien heaven and he can't hang out in Valinor where, where his wife is and like the rest of his extended family is. He's like literally kind of just like in solitude for the rest of existence, you know? So it's like, I wouldn't use Arendil as like, this is like the standard. This is what we should have. And so because of this like disagreement that they have and they like keep pushing back, the messengers are finally like, okay, but take warning. If you like keep going in this direction with this attitude, Eru, he's been like blessing you guys and protecting you and he's given you all of these things. We can take it back (laughs) and like be careful because he might. (laughs) Yeah, that's like the parent talk. It's like, I put a roof over your head, you know? Yeah. Like, I brought you into this world and I can take you out. (laughs) Is that a threat, Mom? No. Yeah. (laughs) And so this is when the, like, divide starts growing in Numenor between um, the, what, I I forget who they call, what, the the Kingsmen, that's Mm -hmm. it, Um, and the the Elendili, the elf friends. Um, the fact that the the elf friends and the the faithful also like how like it's really funny. Like that's the most biased way ever to like paint. Like okay, there are these two sides in this in this land. There are two sides of people. There's the kingsmen and the faithful, and it's like okay, but which what like which one do you think we like more? Like which one is right? <laughs> and yeah. It's like well, obviously you think it's the faithful, like because the yeah. Silmarillion is written from the perspective of the elves. So like them writing this history, being like, yeah, so there were the kingsmen, and they went against us, and they didn't Boo. believe us. There, yeah. And they then there suck. were the faithful. These were the good guys. <laughs> Two thumbs up from the elves. I know you do. It is funny when you like when you do remember that the Silmarillion does have that like elf bias, and that's like, and then Tolkien's just like, yeah, that's totally a thing. Like, yeah, Pendleloth wrote that, and he's kind of a punk. And I'm like, oh, I love it. I love just like the extra like little nuggets of world building there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, boo those like stupid humans that were like, who just doesn't sound all that great. They suck. <laughs> um, and also knowing that they were also like originally called the Elendili were the name of their of, of this group of people that were like with the elves. And then in the show, there's a moment where Muriel is talking to Elendil and is like, hey, I need to know like who's like, are you like going to defend her or not? And because she's like, so like, what's your name again? <laughs> and he's like, Elendil, it means like born of the star or or something and she's like "Mm, yeah but it also means elf friend so like knowing that like they were originally called like the ellen dilly i understand why muriel was so like (laughs) sus of him originally (laughs) just like "Mm, no you don't name yourself but yeah but (laughs) a little little on the nose don't you think yeah (laughs) That's pretty great. Where was it? Yeah, so they they keep having this division. It says the the kings for the kings and their people had not yet abandoned wisdom, and if they loved the Valar no longer, at least they still feared them. And I'm like, that's so toxic. Like, what a toxic relationship to have. It's like, yeah, no, they're like really great sometimes, but I just don't ever make them mad, you know? And it's yeah. okay, and everything works out. Oh gosh, I know. It's like. The Valar, they're kind of, they really are interesting because they are, they do just kind of give off like first time parent energy where it's like, we're not quite sure what we're doing. And are we setting strict enough guidelines? Are we being too strict? I don't think so. But there's like no interest, like introspection or like figuring it out. It's like, well, you know, because I said so. Like, that should be good enough for you. And it's just like, yeah, we totally nailed it. Yeah. And then like, you're, and then like, those are the kids that grow up and then they like go no contact with their parents, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's like, I don't understand what I ever did. Why don't they talk to me? I was a great parent. Yeah. Like, the only, it's like, yeah, I got to kind of feel bad for the dollar in that sense. So this is, remember when I said like, oh, yeah, they go over to Middle Earth and like, you kind of get, like, it kind of sounds like a little, like a little colonizer vibes, but like, no, it actually did start with good intentions. Um, now it actually is like colonizer vibes, um, because they get, they go back over to Middle Earth, 
Um, and it says, but they appeared now rather as lords and masters and gatherers of tribute than helpers and teachers. So now they're going over to Middle Earth with these like bad intentions of like, no, we're here to conquer. We're here to like collect resources. We're here to like take over and we're here to tell you what to do. It points out, it says, in all this, the elf friends had small part. So it's like pointing out, it's like, remember... The, uh, the the faithful the people who liked the elves they they had no part of this they they were that you know they they did the right thing that is like a nice little like nugget though i'm like okay i don't feel so bad though <laughs> you know like, yeah they were fine they, they weren't they didn't do the war crimes they didn't do war crimes we're just gonna slip that in there <laughs> yeah they didn't do yeah <laughs> one, one, or, one or two of them might have, but the vast majority, they're like, they're okay. Generations of kings are, are coming along. And like throughout this, it's saying like, oh, the, the 20th king, the 25th king. And remember, they're living for, you know, 200, 300, Minute. sometimes 500 years, depending on like how far back mm-hmm. you go. This is thousands of years in the future. And we get to a point where there is this one king who forces marriage to this woman who was from a family of the faithful. And this guy was of the Kingsmen. And they have two sons. Notice how I'm not saying any of these names, by the way. And this is on purpose because they're all gibberish. Um, It's like Inziladun and Gimilkad. Gimilkad. (laughs) Um, you're doing you're doing amazing, sweetie. <laughs> the first son, the elder, was more took after his mother and was on the like faithful side. The second son was more like the dad, part of the kingsman side. Um, and it says that like had the king, if he had a choice, he would have given the the crown over the reign over to the second son. But obviously, like, that's not how it goes here. The first son, who is part of the faithful, becomes king. Oh, I forgot to mention, at some point in the creation of Numenor and, like, the friendship with the elves and the Valar, they get um, a tree that is in likeness of the the trees of, of Valinor. Um <laughs> So again, Tolkien and his trees. <laughs> Loves them. <laughs> um, and so they plant this tree in Numenor, and it's a very special tree. And so this king, who is now he is now king, he is part of the faithful, and he starts tending the tree again. And that's how earlier it mentioned that the the tree stopped being tended to by the kingsmen and it's like that's how you know things are getting bad is when the the fancy tree the nice tree stops Gets being neglected. tended to yeah um so he returns to the tree and starts like trying to you know um show it attention again and he prophesies that when the tree perished so also would the line of the kings come to its end so we have a, a tree prophecy. I feel like, again, it's not the first time. <laughs> it's, like it, it's rhyming. It's rhyming for sure. <laughs> again, this is brought up and talked about in, in season one of Rings of Power, too. So he's like trying to repair this relationship with the Valar, but it says that it was like too little too late. And also the Valar know that like he does not represent all of his people when he's saying like, no, can we be friends again? So... It's not working. He dies. He does not have any children. He he does. Oh, he does? He just has a daughter. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he has. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. That's right. So mm-hmm. his brother, Gamilcad, um, has a son. The, the faithful king has one daughter. He dies. And it does say that she... It is like perfectly in her right to get the throne. So it's like, okay, mm-hmm. good for Numenor. Like they're not, you know, they're like, hey, women's rights too. <laughs> yeah. It's so she should have been the fourth queen of Numenor. But yeah. I, I, I like, I respect that. So his daughter is named Muriel. Again, that sounds very familiar to Rings of Power watchers. Yeah, and it says to her now, by right and the laws of Numenor came the scepter. So I, I do appreciate that. Like they're like, no, it doesn't matter if it was a boy or a girl. It just goes to the firstborn. Very progressive of Numenor. Yeah. However, the king's brother's son 
is Farazon again, mm-hmm. familiar yes. name. So Muriel's cousin. Yes. Her first cousin. This is where it gets like big yikes energy. Mm-hmm. Farazon took her to wife against her will, doing evil in this and evil also in that the laws of Numenor did not permit. Oh, wait, hang on. I've read that wrong. And evil also in that the laws of Numenor did not permit the marriage, even in the royal house, of those more nearly akin than cousins in the second degree. So it's like not only they're like, OK, first of all, it's really not cool yeah. that like you forced her to marry to marry you against her will. Mm-hmm. That's not cool. And second of all. You guys are first cousins. That's a big yikes. It's like you you are breaking all of the laws. Yeah. <laughs> Man-made and divine. You are breaking yes. laws. Oh, real quick, I also want to mention mm-hmm. so the the faithful king, he he like renamed himself um Tar Palantir or Pal- Palantir, mm-hmm. however you want to say it. And I'm like he made a tomato. Hmm, is that like just a? I'm like, oh, does he like invent the Palantir, or is that just a coincidence, or is it later called the Palantir because he made this prophecy about the tree? Um, so, so, yeah, do I don't, you want I don't an, know. Do you want an answer for that? If it's going to be answered in the remainder of the Silmarillion, you don't have to tell me. But if I'm never going to find out otherwise, go ahead. <laughs> um, I don't think it's spoiled. Basically, Fionor, everyone's favorite jerk, he's the one that made the planter. There's seven of them. So I think um, with Tar Palantir, it's more just like it's just alluding like uh, linguistically to the fact that he had like farsight because that's basically what the planter did. It's just a language thing but he doesn't really have anything to do with the uh, okay well yeah. here i was being like "Ooh, anyway. <laughs> i love i love that though that's some that's some cool creativity coming out there trying to figure that out but yeah no, i that's literally not. just how i feel all like that's all i would do <laughs> reading tolkien is be like oh i noticed this word was used or this name or whatever and i'll be like does mm-hmm. that mean blah 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 and then my guess uh-huh. is always like that's a really great guess. And I'm like, oh, so no, I was wrong. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, Fenor did it. Sorry. But that's, that's cool, oh, though. I never I never put those two and two together. I was just like, oh, that's like same name, same name. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is what, like, I don't understand. I'm like, how can you, like, if she's, like, by law their queen, how can he, like, just take over and is like, no, I'm going to marry you. And guess what? I'm going to be the king instead. I'm going to be the ruling leader here. Like, I don't understand how you can just do that and how like everyone else went along with it. I know. And I think that would have been like a cool, I mean, I'm sure the show probably will address it and like just seeing like, yeah, like how did that get accomplished? Because like legally, it doesn't seem like it could be one of those things. Like I can't, Mm -hmm. I can't just like walk over to like, you know, Buckingham Palace and be like, oh, I'm going to marry Harry or whatever, you know, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, I mean, we're just going to have to let her do it. Like, we're just going to. But I wonder, yeah, it's like one of those things. I mean, then again, illegal things happen all the time. So, yeah, yeah, it was probably it was probably a coup. It's like, like, yeah, no, I'm like, I'm a legit king, you know, technically, you know, I don't know. But yeah, it sucks for Muriel, which it's like, again, I like her characterization in the show that she did have a little bit more agency and mm-hmm. she was she was queen regent. So it's like, that's cool. It's like, it's yeah. like, hey, maybe because um, I don't know, you know, we'll we'll find out in the next half of the Akalabeth what happens to to Muriel. But um, in the show, again, spoiler alert, if you haven't been watching or don't plan to watch or whatever. Um, she goes blind. So maybe mm-hmm. that's how th- this will come out, it, you know, in, in the in the future of Numenor and Rings of Power. Maybe like Therizon takes over because she's gone blind and they're like, oh, no, you're, you know, like you need help. I'm yeah. going to I'm going to help you. I'm going <laughs> to lead our people now. Um, mm-hmm. because like, oh yeah, blind people can't do anything. Not true at all. You know, <laughs> I know that, that could be the, I know it's like, that could be but the like, angle they're going for. In their, in their mind, they're like, oh, well she's blind. So she's powerless now and we have to have a new leader. So maybe that's their <laughs> opening to do that. I don't know. That's so funny. Like, 
how how are we supposed to do anything when she can't see anything? It's like, well, I can still like, you know, I'm still think me. and talk and, you know, yeah, like, you my know, brain is still the same. Yeah. <laughs> I just like, like oh, you just need to. The main difference is just that like when someone walks in a room, you need to announce who it is. <laughs> like, that's yeah, it. <laughs> she's like, walk very heavy so I can hear your footsteps. And then we're yeah. good. It's like, and, we're like, fine. Nothing changes. Yeah. Nothing changes. <laughs> like you might oh. need to read, you might need to read some things out loud to me. Cause I'm assuming Numenor has an invented Braille. Um, <laughs> so they have, that's like, they're, they're that like on top of it. They're like we have toilets and we have braille. We're good. <laughs> oh my god, that, that is true. Yeah, if they have indoor plumbing. Yeah, yeah, they're just progressive. This is also kind of like the last little, I don't know, to me, like evil thing. Farazon changes her name to R. Zimrafel. So he changed mm-hmm. it, it's not like, oh, she because it does say throughout this part so far that there are kings who a lot of them have like an elven name or that, you know, they have like multiple names or mm-hmm. when they become king, they change it to something else. So it's not out of the question that when she becomes queen, that she changes her name to something else. But mm-hmm. it's the fact that it says the name of his queen, he changed to Arzimerfell. Mm-hmm. Yes. And also he changed it to, so basically all of the like good kings like quote unquote like the ones who were like more akin with the elves they had the tar so they went with like the quenya like like high like tar means high and then he changed it to the to the manish like that Andunic name so it's like even though her father was on the like yeah her father was on the like hey let's go back to the elven tradition of naming us he's like yeah no screw that like we're doing we're doing man all the way like because we're the coolest yeah it's like it's just like not cool for like multiple reasons. <laughs> yes. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> not cool, Farazon. Yeah, cool. not cool. So not um cool. that that's where mm-hmm. we're gonna leave the Akalabeth for this week and we will come back next week to Farazon Farazon um <sighs> everything up, I'm assuming. <laughs> there you go. Nicely nicely peppered in. I know. Yes, yeah. yeah, we've got like a little you know, it's set up now, he's the ruler, and then again since this chap this, you know, section is titled the downfall of Numenor (laughs) I guess we'll see that happen so I'm sure he does a great job (laughs) yeah I'm sure nothing bad happens like we're off to a great start he forced his first cousin to marry him and then took over the throne and forced her to change her name I'm sure it's fine he's crushing it he's just doing (laughs) he's he's girl bossing (laughs) yes getting it done but oh gosh you know it's funny really quick um there's an alternate version of um, the Alcalabeth that Tolkien wrote because that's another thing when you get into this of, there's like I'm, of course he wrote like multiple versions yes like but yeah it's it's so fun but one of them um Muriel is like fully on board with like doing the mayhem thing she's just like okay you know what that I support because yeah, at least it's, then it's the evil queen arc she's like at least yeah, then let's, it's let's her go. choice you know pretty much i think she still like is not a big fan of like Farazon, but she's like you know you want to do this i want to do the same thing let's do it together kind of a thing so it's she's less of a like kind of like damsel in distressy kind of vibe but like the alternative is it's like okay it's like all right you're gonna have like zero agency or you're gonna be like full on like evil, evil queen. queen it's like evil what do you want to do yeah Remember, yeah. on this podcast, not only do we support women's rights, we also support women's wrongs. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> so, so I do like I do like the characterization in the show where it's like, yeah, no, we're, we're gonna we're gonna give you more more stuff to do, sis. Mm-hmm. Like, don't, don't worry about it. And I think that'll like make the sting of her eventually getting that taken away hit a little bit harder. But we're not yeah. gonna go full on evil. Well, uh, Morgan, thank you so much for joining me to to talk about. You know, we're. I'm nearing the end of the Silmarillion. Finally, you got this. Um, so, and it's even more. It's even more interesting to read the, this part, especially since like this was like I mean, not directly in Rings of Power, but like I had some mm-hmm. exposure to it previously through the show. So it was like really interesting to read the section. Um, and thank mm-hmm. you, thank you for joining me, and thank you for creating your wonderful art. Um, where you. can people find you on the internet? Uh, you you can find me on Instagram at Selma Aspens, um, and I'm also on the Tumblers. I'm still <laughs> love Tumblr. Uh, also at Selma Aspens. Um, haven't been drawing anything for a minute, but I mean, I'll probably come back pretty soon. Just 
in a little bit of an art hiatus right now. But yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for having me on the show. This was super fun. Um, it's just been great watching somebody just like being very open about going through Tolkien for the first time. A lot of people like to be like, oh, no, like, actually, I like this isn't my first time. I like know so much about this already. Like nobody likes to admit like they just. just <laughs> no, just, I know like, nothing. Is, and I'm not yeah. afraid of saying it. <laughs> and it's like so refreshing because it's like, it's so fun just to be able to like experience that through like somebody else. Like, oh yeah, like you, you don't know this part yet. Like this is cool. Like this is coming for you. So that's great. Like, thanks for doing what you're doing. Um, love it. And thank you again for having me on the show. Appreciate it. That's what I'm talking about as a proud member of WBNE. If you want to learn more about the network, you can go to WBNE.org. The cover is by Vaishan Brandon. You can support him on Instagram at Vaishan Designs. If you want to get merch for That's What I'm Talking About, you can go to tpublic.com slash user slash pod. You can follow the podcast on social media at TolkienAboutPod. And you can follow me on Twitter at MCWhatsUp and on Instagram at MCTurnDownForWhat. If you want to support the podcast, you can become a patron. Go to patreon.com slash TolkienAboutPod to see the different levels of support and perks that are available. You can become a member of the Discord server for just $3 a month. That is less than your holiday Starbucks drink of choice. This past week, we had an interesting conversation about what is the best TV show, like the most like well constructed or the or like the best written. I made a case for The Good Place. If you have been a longtime listener, I think you know that I I firmly believe The Good Place is the most well constructed television show ever created. Um, anyway, but you can participate in conversations like that in our Discord server. It's a great place to be. Or you can become a sponsor of the podcast like Josh. Josh, thank you so much for your continued support of the podcast. You have been a supporter since October 2020. Dang, boy, that's a long time. I appreciate that. That's amazing. That's outstanding. Um, and that that just means so much to me. So thank you. Do you have any parting words for the audience? Enjoy Tolkien. Just enjoy it. Enjoy other people who love Tolkien. It's like some people might like something you don't necessarily love. Like if you see somebody who like absolutely loves the TV show or like loves the Hobbit movies or something, it's like, that's great. Let them do their thing. If you see somebody that's like a weird book purist and only likes their version of like something where it's like, oh, this is how... I think about it. It's how I do it. Like, cool, whatever. Like, let them like that unless they're being a dork. You know, I think that's just it. Just like let people enjoy Tolkien however they want to enjoy it. You know, super, super deep stuff. You know, no one's ever said that before. (laughs) Um. (laughs) And that's what I'm talking about.